Well, it's so good to be together, and uh, my name's Nathan, for those of you I've not met, and uh, if this is your first time at Icon Church, then we want to give you a huge welcome. Come on, church, let's welcome all those here today online for the very first time, and um, so great. We're in this series over this summer period called Summer Breeze, and... um, just really believing that God will speak to us over this summer and kind of set some foundations in uh, many different areas. And last week, I thought last week's message by our lead pastor, Paul, was amazing uh, around the whole issue of anger. And so if you've not uh, listened to that or watched that, you can find that on YouTube, podcast, wherever you consume that content and uh, you're able to do that. But I'm believing today that God wants to speak to each and every one of us. And I believe if we'll open our hearts, as we've just been doing during uh, that time of singing, that uh, God will speak to us. So come on, let's pray together and let's believe for God to speak to each and every one of us. Jesus, we thank you today that we get to gather in your presence. And we pray right now, God, that you would be at work. Lord, that you would speak to each and every one of us. And uh, we open our hearts and we pray, speak to us in Jesus' name. And everyone said... Amen, amen. Why don't you say hello to two or three people around you and then take your seats. Great. So as Gavin said, it's part two of our Summer Breeze series. And um, the title of kind of this message is um, a question that I want you to answer with the person next to you. And uh, the question is this. And you, you can answer it. First thing comes to your head, it, you're like, you know, you know the answer to this. You know it, okay. Are you a sun shader or a sunbather? Are you a shader or a bather? And uh, sun shader or bather? Why don't you put it in the chat as well there online? Uh, are you a sun bather or a sun shader? Well, um, let me tell you a little story of uh, my first holiday without my parents. I went with a few friends uh, on holiday and um, you, you don't realize, and uh, all the parents are going to say amen to this, you don't realize how much your parents actually do for you. Oh, one amen, one parent said amen. The others are sat next to their kids going, should I say amen? Should I not say amen? I want them to be independent, but whatever. Anyway, first holiday without my parents, specifically my mum. Sorry, dad. Um, specifically my mum, because we got there, we put our luggage into our room, and uh, we decided we're going to go to the beach, and so we, we get ready, and uh, I'm putting sun cream on, and um, probably not the right factor uh, that needed for me, and uh, you'll see why in a moment. Um, but we're on our way to the beach, and you know when you start to get close to the beach, you can feel the sea breeze, and uh, I know I'm making you all feel like, oh, you want to be close to the beach. You feel the sea breeze. And we got to the beach and uh, we spent a good few hours at the beach. We were playing football on the beach, playing volleyball on the beach. We were swimming. We we were doing all all sorts. We were all there. Problem was, is I never topped up on cream. Now, usually, and here's here's my kind of get out. Usually, my mum would say a good nine or ten times, Nathan, you need to put more cream on. Nathan, you need to put more cream on. Last Sunday, I think it was last Sunday night, we were comparing tans outside here in the 6 p.m. Ellie. And uh, some, of, some, some of the people are like, you, they cannot forget to not put sun cream on because otherwise uh, it, it could be messy. But let me tell you, 
that day got messy for me. It, 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 here's a picture for you all to see. That's obviously not me, um, but that is definitely a visual representation of what I looked like in that moment. And it hurt. And I was in pain. And for the next three days of a seven-day holiday, I was a sunshader. I was out of the sun. I was in the shade. I was wearing a T-shirt. I'm not ashamed to say I, I, I was 18 years old. You can take that down. It's just distracting the people. And um, I was 18 years old, and I was ringing my mum, crying in pain because I was in pain. I just wanted to go home. And, and, uh, but I had a great holiday. Uh, after about three days and uh, when I started lathering on like factor 50 uh, on there. But for many of us in life, we expose ourselves to certain things. We expose ourselves to certain things in life that could do harm, could actually uh, in times burn us. Um, There's an epidemic going on in our world and it's called an epidemic of loneliness in the UK, actually, we have a loneliness minister. This is the problem. And um, in this epidemic of loneliness, we've overexposed ourselves to maybe friendships and relationships and to company that we shouldn't have overexposed ourselves to. We would even say that even overexposing ourselves, just like Nathan overexposed himself to the sun and got burned, there have been sometimes we have overexposed ourselves to friendships and relationships that have burned us. Anyone with me? Yeah? Been there. A.W. Tozer has five, uh, seven rules, sorry, for discovery. Seven rules for self-discovery. And two of those actually speak into this area of what we expose ourselves to and who we expose ourselves to. You see, these rules of discovery are for us to find out who we are. They're rules of self-discovery. Rule five is this. What company do I choose to keep? will determine who I become or what I'm like. Rule six says this, who and what do I admire most? What do I worship most? Who do I wanna be most like? What do I want? Because the friends in your life will shape your future. The friends in your life will shape your future. And, And this is not just like a nice idea. The Bible talks to us about this a whole load talks to us about who we actually do life with, those close friends, those people we're going to walk with, those people we're going to journey through life with. I'm not talking about the acquaintances, maybe even your work colleague. I'm talking about that inner circle, those close friends who I am determined we're going to walk through this life together. And the Bible is not trying to spoil our fun. No, the Bible's trying to protect us. Just like that sun cream would have protected me, and it does protect some of you, and you're thankful for it, the Bible is trying to protect us so that we don't get burned, so that we don't suffer harm. Look what it says in Proverbs 13 and verse 20. tells us, he who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. Uh, Like this uh, Proverbs is written by a father to a son, and probably going through some mistakes or some things that they have experienced in life. And what they've experienced is when I walk with the wise, I become wise. But when I'm a companion of fools, I suffer harm. 
Like if you're lacking wisdom today, they're online here in the room in Chesterfield. If you're lacking wisdom today, get around some wise people because when you walk with the wise, you will become wise. But then there's the flip side of it. A companion of fools suffers harm. Could you consider the harm, maybe the hurt that you're facing could be because some of your friends are fools? I'll just smile for effect because the tension in here is like cut it with a knife. You walk, you know, a companion of fools suffers harm. Paul, the apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 33, he says this, do not be misled. He's talking about a whole load of different things. He's talking about character. He's talking about the resurrection of Jesus. He's talking about a whole load of different things. And then all of a sudden, he just drops into 1 Corinthians. He just drops into this letter to the church, like this little moment where he says, do not be misled. Do not be misled. And it goes on to say, bad company corrupts good character. Bad company corrupts good character. I love it because it's this moment where he says, do not be misled. I've been there where I I thought, oh, if I can, I'll save them. Well, no, actually, I'm not the savior. Jesus is the savior. Maybe I'm the invitation. I'll lift them up. But many times I've been pulled down. Let me give you an example. Joe Mahandu, enter the stage. Give it up for Joe. Are you, are you all right, Joe? Are you milking the applause, mate? <laughs> Taking his time here. And uh, you're strong, aren't you, Joe? No, no, you are. You are. You're strong. Yeah, he's strong. <laughs> Joao, come forward. Give it up for Joao. Just stand at the bottom here. I want you to hold your arms out to Joe like you're a baby, mate. Joe, because you're strong, I want you to lift him onto stage. Come on, come on. Many of us live our lives like that, trying to lift people up. Bad company corrupts good character. I'm not saying Joao's bad company, but he is in this illustration. Okay. I want you to resist him now, right? I want you to try and stay on this stage, all right? Joao, pull him down. Try and stay. Come on, Joe. Joao is definitely stronger than Joe. Give it up for these guys. It's easier to pull someone down than it is to lift somebody up. Especially if you're by yourself. Okay, because I need a group, like you're, you're getting an added extra from the 915 because I didn't say this in the 915, so you're getting an added extra, so bonus, well done. Okay. To lift someone up, I've got to have a group of close friends who are all trying to lift them up. Because if I'm trying to do it by myself, eventually bad company corrupts good character. Do not be misled by it, Paul's saying. Bad company corrupts good character. Uh, He'll go on to say in 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 14, he says this, Do not be yoked together with unbelievers for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common or what fellowship can light have with darkness you see he's not saying stay away from the world he's using this terminology yoked yoked together now we don't get it because we're not farmers we don't work on Clarkson's farm we're not farmers 
okay? But this yoke would be put around two oxen's heads to keep them in line, walking and plowing together. It would mean they would walk in a straight line. When an oxen was too strong, they'd either walk in zigzags or if they were really strong, one of the oxen was so much stronger than the other one, they'd walk round in circles. How many of us found in life that we keep coming round in circles, round to the same issues, round to the same problems? Maybe today, maybe it's time to take stock and go, who am I yoked up with? Who am I living my life with? He's not saying, hey, don't love everyone. I'm talking about that inner circle, those close friends, those people that you are going to walk life together. The problem is we've stepped out. We've exposed ourselves. We've yoked ourselves up to the wrong people. We've exposed our lives to the wrong people and we've ended up going around in circles or zigzags when actually God has placed people in our lives. You see, friendship, this matters because friendship is God-given. It's God-given for each and every one of us. Friendship is. We were made for friendship. We were made for relationship, each one of us. You see, the first problem in the Bible wasn't sin. It was solitude. I love this moment because I think it messes with our heads. I love this moment because Adam is walking with God in the Garden of Eden. Adam is walking with God. And we would say phrases like, all I need is God. All I need is God. And God would go, no, you're wrong. Because Adam is with God. All he has is God. And God says it's not good for man to be alone. So here's what's going to happen. Adam, I'm putting you to sleep. I'm taking a rib and I'm making Eve. And here comes Eve. And guess what? You're in partnership. You're doing life together. You're going to walk together. Why? Because it's not good for man to be alone. They were yoked up together. There was this partnership. You see, God will put people in your path to walk together with, to actually walk together. The problem is, is that we see that moment in Genesis 1, but then Genesis 3 comes and sin enters and it severs not only our relationship with God, but it severs our relationship with one another. It severs our relationship with one another. There's a biblical vision of friendship and and, and God, you see this all the time with God, even in moments where sin had severed that relationship with God, we see it right there at the start in Eden, that, that he would walk in the cool of the day with Adam and with Eve. He would be in relationship. He'd be having this commitment to walking together. When it says in the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, when it says they walked together, they were walking with someone, they walked together. It was a Hebrew metaphor for friendship. It was a Hebrew metaphor to walk with someone, not just to a journey, but through life, to walk together through life. It's a metaphor for that friendship. And what that means is that God made us for friendship. He made us for friendship with him, but also made us for friendship with one another. We see it all over the Old Testament. Uh, I'll give you a few examples. Genesis 5 and verse 24, Enoch walked faithfully with God. Enoch walked faithfully with God. Genesis 6 and verse 9 tells us Noah was a righteous man, blameless among the people of his time, and he walked faithfully with God. I love this scripture in James 2 and verse 23. It tells us, and the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness, and he was called God's friend. 
He was called God's friend. Exodus 33 and verse 11 says, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. He's starting to get it. God's into friendship. God is interested in friendship. And yes, sin severed that relationship with God and relationship with others. But Jesus has reconciled us to God, but also to one another. He's reconciled those friendships and he's unlocked the possibility of an otherwise impossible level of friendship with God, but also with one another, with one another. And Jesus starts that by offering us friendship. Today, you may have never made a decision to follow Jesus here in the room or online. I'm going to give you an opportunity to accept that friendship offer from Jesus today. Because Jesus was known as the friend of sinners. He befriends people, those who it seems like they're dead, but now they're alive. He, he, those who seem like they're broken, but now they're being made whole. The question is, is what are we getting exposed to? You see, Jesus offers us this friendship. We find it in John 15. John 15 and verse 15, it says this. He's talking to his disciples and he says, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. That's the level of Jesus's relationship and friendship with us that we get to know everything that the Father knows. That friendship is the ultimate goal. And servanthood is the response of that friendship. Servanthood is a response. John 15 and verse 13, just two verses earlier, he says this, greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends that he laid down his life for his friends. You see, the cross is a statement. Jesus going to the cross, the cross is a statement for each and every one of us that the relationship with God is restored, but the relationship with one another can be restored as well. Tim Keller writes it like this, the entire history of redemption, in a sense, is a giant cosmic act of friendship. I love that. That it's a giant cosmic act of friendship. And he calls us friends. And I love it because he calls us friends and he gathers us together and he says, this is the church. This is the church. And to put it like that, this, it's like family to those that are within, but it presents as the greatest of friends to those without. I'll say it again. The church, it's like family to those within and presents as the greatest of friends to those without. It's family. Because we know that, because Jesus taught us how to pray, our Father, our Father, it's family, but it presents to the world as the greatest of friends. The problem is, and going back to our friendships, the problem is we've got many friends by default, not by design. We just met at work, and we become best buddies. This just happened, that just happened. And we allow them to become, and I'm talking our close friends, those people in our inner circle who we're going to do life with. And just like that example, it's so much easier to pull someone down than it is to lift somebody up. We can have really good intentions. We can have great intentions, but it's so much easier to pull people down. And I'm not telling us 
to change our heart and our desire to help people. I hope you're getting that today. I hope you understand that I'm talking about that inner circle, that those people that we truly expose our lives to, that those people we truly walk through life together because it will determine where our life goes. So I got two types of friends that we should expose ourselves to, but also maybe two types of friends that we should be. The first one is this, we should expose ourselves to stronger people, people who are stronger than us. There's an incredible story in Mark 2, and uh, it's a story of um, a paralyzed man, and he's on a map, and uh, there's four guys, and the story tells us these four guys take him to where Jesus is having a meeting in this house. They take him to this meeting. Now, as I'm reading the story, I'm thinking they've got to be friends, And here's why they've got to be friends. Because when they get to the house, there's no way for them to get in. Like the door, like it's so busy. There's such a big crowd. There's no entrance through the door. There's no entrance through the window. And if they were just acquaintances trying to do good, then I kind of think they were just like, hey, we got you this far. Jesus will come out eventually and that'll be it. But I think they were friends because they were willing to do something like that no one else, I've not read anyone else has done. They were willing to go through the roof, literally. I need some friends who are willing to go through the roof for me, who are willing to be stronger for me. You see these four friends, they, they went on the roof, they dug a hole in the roof, they, 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 they lowered the paralyzed man to the feet of Jesus. I don't know about you, but there are times, there are times where I need some friends who are stronger than me that are gonna be able to take me to the feet of Jesus. They're gonna be able to take me to Jesus who are gonna be stronger in moments, stronger in their faith in moments. Anyone else with me today that you need to expose yourself to some friends who are stronger than you? Look what it says in Mark 2 and verse five. It tells us, In this story, when Jesus saw their faith, their faith, not the paralyzed man's faith, their faith. Maybe today, you've got to access some people's faith. Get a hold of some people's faith. Because I'm feeling weak. I need your faith in this moment. I need your prayers in this moment. I need the, I'm feeling, I'm struggling here. I need your, because when he saw their faith, their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. He's looking up at the four guys, the four friends, and he's saying, their faith and your sins are forgiven. I need to expose myself to some stronger friends, but I also want to be that stronger friend for others as well. The problem is, is we have something called ego. where we don't want to admit our weaknesses. We don't want to admit we're struggling because we want to look strong all the time. I've got one finger pointing at you, but I've got three pointing at myself in this moment because I'd rather Google it than talk to somebody. I'd rather try and find the answer or solve it myself than talk to somebody. I'd rather do that. No, 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 I need to expose myself to some stronger friends, some stronger friends who are going to take me to Jesus, but also let's go back to Proverbs. Walk with the wise and you'll become wise. I need to expose myself to some stronger friends, some friends who are a lot wiser than me (laughs) at times. I need to do it, but that means I've got to kill 
my ego. I've got to kill my own pride. I've got to be willing to do it. I've got to be willing to be vulnerable. I've got to be willing to do it. And we also do this with Jesus. We're not willing to expose ourselves fully to Jesus, the one who loves us, the one who's for us, the one who has everything for us. We're not willing to do it. But the apostle Paul knew how to do it because he said, in my weakness, you are strong. Jesus, in my weakness, you are strong. So guess what? When I'm weak, he is strong. Like it testifies to him. Today, I want to be a person who exposes myself to some people who are stronger than myself, who are further on the journey than myself. I've got to get some people into my inner circle, those friends who have actually journeyed out some things that I'm facing. I've got to get around some people who who have got an amount of faith that actually they're going to pray for me and believe in me and, and fight for me at times. Because I've got to expose myself to some stronger people, that means I've got to lose some ego and lose some pride and decide, hey, do you know what? I'm going to be vulnerable in this moment and expose myself. The second type of friends is I want to expose myself and we need to expose ourselves to faith-filled friends. Faith-filled friends. Hey, they saw, Jesus saw their faith. And then after that, like Jesus said to the man, hey, get up pick up your mat and go, you're healed. And he was healed. Got to expose myself to some faith-filled friends. Now, anyone who uh, is double dipping, 9.15, I got shut down on YouTube in this moment because I played a video, which is an amazing video. It's an amazing video. And I would encourage you to go and find it. Okay, it's uh, it's from the Olympics. I don't know if anyone's watching the Olympics, but it's Olympics and uh, the BMX in and uh, it's a moment where Kai White, uh, and we got a picture of the guys, Kai White and Bethany Shriver. Uh, like, Bethany Shriver is on her last run, and uh, she's about to win gold, and you just see him going crazy. So I'm going to reenact it right now. So Gav's going to come, <laughs> and uh, come on, Gav, we, we discussed this. Yeah, you're going to bike it. Bike it just down here. Come on, Gav. No, come on, because I'm going to reenact it. Because they they're not getting the full picture. They need to get the full picture. Just run like you're riding a bike, Gav. Come on, give it up for Gav. So, Gav, hold on. The finish, the finish line is at cutsey at the camera. Go, Gav. Yes. Go, Gav. Come on, Gav. Come on, Gav. Yes. That was a terrible reenactment of the video. Please go and find it team get up and save me right now (laughs) I love the video though and it was a moment and you see it that that moment we showed on the screen is their moment of celebration afterwards Kai White actually won silver and Bethany Shriver won gold in that moment but it was that moment of just sure encouragement like I can imagine they they've been together training in the hard moments, when things haven't worked, when they fell over and they've been encouraging one another, come on, you can do it. You can get up. I wanna expose myself to some faith-filled friends who are gonna lift me, who are gonna encourage me in moments. Those close friends, they're gonna stand with me in moments of of falling, those moments of, of feeling like it's not gonna happen. I need to expose my life to some faith-filled friends. 
in the uh, New Testament, there's a phrase that is used for this. It's called one another. You read the New Testament, you go through it, and you'll see this phrase over 100 times in the New Testament. If it's said over 100 times, we probably need to sit up and listen to it. Because this phrase, one another, it, it, is so powerful. It's actually written around 60 times. I think it's over 60 times in Paul's letters to churches about being one another. You see, I'll give you a few examples. Romans 12 and verse 10 tells us to be devoted to one another in love. Honour one another above yourselves. Colossians 3 and verse 13 tells us to bear with each other and forgive one another. He's not just writing to individuals, he's writing to the churches. He's writing to a group of people and he's saying, hey, bear with each other and forgive one another. I need to expose myself to some faithful friends who are going to bear with me and forgive me. Uh, sorry, 1 Thessalonians 5.11 tells us, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up. You find that video and you will see a, a young guy encouraging someone to win. Like, I want to celebrate with people when they win. Celebrate. I, I don't know, I'm not very good at that at times. Like, pat on back, well done. No, no, like, let's encourage one another. Let's build each other up. Let's be those kind of people. James 5 and verse 16, therefore confess your sins to each other. Like that, that's becoming vulnerable. Yeah? That's dropping some ego. But here's the thing, here's the response. And pray for each other so that you may be healed. Not, not so that person could go around gossiping, oh, this is what they did. No, no, so you can pray and they can be healed in the name of Jesus. 1 Peter 4 and verse 11. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Huh. You see, when Paul uses this phrase, one another, when the New Testament uses this phrase, one another, it's not about a contract. It's not about you do this for me, so then I do that for you. It's a covenant. We see it there at the start in Acts 2. It's about partnership, Acts 2, 42 to 47. It's a snapshot of the early church. And it's basically we're in partnership together. We're devoted to one another. We're living life together. We're doing this together. I've got to expose myself to some faith-filled friends. You see, relationship is not merely a product of human choice, but it's a product of God's creation. Galatians 6 and verse 10. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. How many of us know that usually we are worst with those we know the most? You know? But here, Paul's talking to the churches in Galatia but he's talking to us as Icon Church. He said, do good to everyone, but especially to Icon Church, to especially to the family of believers, to especially the people sat next to you on your road, to especially those people sat behind you on the next row, especially to those people in your connect group, but also in that other connect group, especially do good to one another. We've got to expose ourselves to, to faith-filled friends. Got a great quote that's going to come up on the screen right now, and... I didn't put who it's by. Oh, it's by me. 
Maybe it's not a new BFF I need, but some FFFs, some faith-filled friends, some people who are going to stand with me and pray with me, some people who are going to get round me, who are going to lift me up. Hey, it's so easy to get dragged down, but I know I'm going to, I'm going to surround myself with some faithful friends, a, a group of friends who are going to be able to lift my life. I need some faith-filled friends around me. And the ultimate faithful friend is Jesus. It's Jesus. No longer his words. No longer do I call you servants. I call you friends. And he invites us all into that friendship. So I wonder if we'd all stand today. And this moment's for you. You've never made a decision to follow Jesus. This moment is for you. Here in the room or online, you've never made that decision to follow him. Then... I want to give you that opportunity to accept that friendship, to know him. You see, I read all of those one another statements and there's over a hundred in the New Testament and I thought, should I add them all? But we're not doing a three hour long service, so no. But they're all true about Jesus. He's devoted to you. He honors you. He bears with you. Man bears with me. He forgives us. He encourages us. He builds us up. <laughs> he stands on behalf of us. He loves us. And he's for us.